My name is Peter Rose, and I'm the editor of Australian Book Review. States of Poetry is a national project funded by Copyright Agency's Cultural Fund. These are the first federally arranged poetry anthologies published in this country. Each state selection has been edited by a senior poet who has chosen six local poets. The state anthologies appear on our website with introductions from the state editors and other materials. We've invited the individual poets to introduce and read one of their poems. So welcome to States of Poetry. My name's Janine Lane and I'm a Wiradjuri woman from southwestern New South Wales. I'm motivated to write by the stories of my people and my country around the Murrumbidgee River, the resilience of Aboriginal people, and particularly the resilience and strength of the women who raised me and shared their histories with me. I'm going to share two poems with you in this sitting. And the first one, called Lady Mungo Speaks, was motivated by a film I saw about white archaeologists at a particular site of significance in the Willandra district of western New South Wales. Lady Mungo heard the white scientists trampling on her people's sacredness and she began to surface, to speak. While you archaeologists are stomping on our graves, arguing about the depth of your new Pleistocene layer, my people already know the story that already was. They stumbled on my head in 500 pieces, they said, no bigger than the postage stamps they placed on the letters they wrote to their colleagues around the world to come and see me too. They spread me out like a jigsaw, each piece an important part of their puzzle of landscape and history. But my people knew the story. First time I left my country was in a suitcase bound for a university to be studied by the experts. Why are you still stealing us, dead and alive? My people heard me crying across the miles in that cold collector's box and told the white fellas to bring me home. They said, We thought Aboriginal people would be happy we're discovering their past. My people said, she is our first lady and wasn't yours to take. For over two decades, I cried. When I came back to my country, my people came together to see me rest where I'd always been. When I heard the white scientists disturbing my people's graves, I rose 40,000 years to say, you didn't find me. I came back to tell you that I didn't come out of Africa. This is my home and my people's country. We buried our dead in peace and with respect. I rose to the surface to tell you to stop desecrating the sacred sites of Australia's first ladies, our men, our children, and listen to my children's children and their children first. The second piece I'd like to share with you is called White Fellas, and it is motivated by what I hear in the media and the way people often generalise about Aboriginal people. White Fellas. 
Whitefellas have a licence to stare in car parks, foyers, forums and gatherings at anyone else who doesn't look white. They're famous for asking black fellas, where do you come from, even though they belong to the biggest diaspora of all? Whitefellas are experts on Aboriginal affairs and have ready opinions. In particular, white men in the academy seem to know a lot about Aboriginal women. Sometimes, Aboriginal people amaze white fellas if we finish school and go to university. Then we're encouraged to be more like them. But white fellas are surprised if we are too much like them and say, why do you call yourself an Aborigine when you're just like us? White fellas know Aborigines are good at sport. It's all about natural ability and intuition. But whites succeed through hard work, preparation and structure. Aboriginal sports people can be a challenge for white coaches because we lack discipline. But white people are happy to say rugby league has done a lot for Aboriginal people, even though Aboriginal people have done a lot for rugby league. They're happy too that they've created sports that Aboriginal people can excel at, like boxing. Then they're happy to call us Australians. Whitefellas hope that the gap in health, education, housing, income and life expectancy between black and white Australians will close soon. But they still put shopping bags on bus seats between themselves and the nearest Aborigine. Maybe that space needs to close first. Perhaps the biggest gap of all is across the grey matter between whitefellas' ears when they think of us. Maybe they need to build a bridge or a road to transverse that chasm because they like building things, don't they, white fellas? And when they've built that bridge, they should walk back over it to make sure it's solid. Not just tell us it is because we're over promises. White fellas feel sorry for us because we have lost our culture over time because apparently age doesn't weary theirs. They call their change progress. Whitefellas like to study true Aborigines in the bush and bring their knowledge back to the cultureless urban mobs, like me. But we're a pain, us urban mobs. Too many questions, and whitefellas know that real Aborigines don't ask questions. If we go to university, we should take courses in Aboriginal studies, because whitefellas know that with their guidance we'll be good at it. Maybe we can even help other Aborigines. Some say... The Aborigines don't work in Australia. Truth is, Australia doesn't work without Aborigines. This country be broke without blackfellas. Advice is a one-way street in colonial Australia, and whitefellas never seem to tire of that well-worn track.